Hello, everyone. This is the D-Rays Bay Playoff Podcast Series Game 5 Instant Reaction. Rays win 2-1. to one. They're headed to the ALCS. We've got a number of people on Zoom, so I'm just going to let a few people just throw out their, their instant reactions. Uh, but please try to keep it clean, gentlemen. I know we are excited. <laughs> what a great day to be a Rays fan. What a great day to have a French last name. Mike something. <laughs> Let's go. Oh man. And the stable, it is a right? Full house. It is a full house. So Danny Russell here. Jim Turvey's on the line. Darby Robinson's on the line. Jared Ward is on the line. JT Morgan's on the line. Jamal Wilberg, who if you read the site, you don't know he's joining us. He's on the line too. Let's go. Let's go. Let's, let's go. Yesterday we talked about dropping this on Twitter. This this the Zoom link. Glad we didn't do that because it might yeah. get a little crazy. But Fortunate. really happy that we have everyone everyone in here. And it, it's uh, I, I have a feeling this is gonna be a fun one. So Mike Brasso. I mean, you got to start with him. Home run in the eighth inning off the, of Aroldis Chapman. We try to be an analytical analytically based site. I mean that who cares? Like that home run in that moment with everything that's happened this season the best moment that, that could have that, possibly came out of this game. It's, it's the baseball gods, right? It's the romance of baseball all there. It's of all the people, of all the people to face, it had to be, right? To vanquish the Yankees, all the talk about Cole, right? But it's, it's Brasso versus Chapman versus the headhunter versus the unsuspended. He didn't serve a suspension. I don't even it, care if he does anymore. He, it, you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I'm glad he had. He gets suspended. Thanks, Manfred. <laughs> uh, I mean, appreciate for, uh, you being out there, buddy. <laughs> a guy like I mean, Brasso. so. Let's let's revisit that real quick. Yeah. So the we have two very important narratives going into this game. We have the at the beginning of the game, and we have it at the end of the game. At the beginning of the game, we have Tyler Glass now facing off man v man, mano a mano, against Garrett Cole all over again. For all the marbles of the game five ALDS, he puts up, Garrett Cole does not. Plain and simple. Mm -hmm. Garrett Cole was a mess in that first inning. Tyler Glass now was his best self that first inning. Elite. It should have gone better for the Rays. Whatever. Tyler Glass now redeemed everything that went wrong last year. And then at the end of the game, headhunting Darby, as you said, Chapman threw 102 miles an hour at Brasso's head. He tried to put him in the grave. That was not just dinking around and trying to hit a guy on the backside, right? That could have ended Mike Brasso's career. After right. that game, the entire Yankees team tries to press up to the Rays visiting dugout. The Rays players stay in the dugout for the most part. They do not engage in some kind of battle. The result of that game is Kevin Cash saying, I've got a whole stable of guys who can throw 98. That brings us to this day, to this moment. Jamal has the Tampa Bay 98ers cap on that we saw <laughs> when the boys were token cigars and rocking those caps out on the field after they secured their playoff win. No better person than Michael Brasso, a guy who I would say the vast majority of race fans would say, who? The vast majority <laughs> of race fans would think that guy doesn't have a business being on the Rays roster at all. Well, I got yeah, to say something real quick. I had JT on the show, and I, I'm going to call you out here, JT. At the beginning of the season, we were trying to predict the roster, and we were looking at middle infielders, or just infielders in general, 
We're looking at guys like Daniel Robertson, who's no longer with the organization. And I asked JT, I said, does Mike Brasso have any chance to be on this roster for a good majority of this season? And I'll short story, a long story short, he was like, yeah, not really. There'd have to be a couple major injuries. So JT, I, I know you're happy to be wrong there. And uh, I mean, I, I was wrong too. I think we were all wrong about Brasso and, and, and for it to culminate with that moment is just amazing. There has to be one. Go ahead, Jerry. Is there a more cathartic three and a half hours than that? Like to, just to kind of double know. down on what Danny's saying, that's the most cathartic three and a half hours ever. And you, and you know what? It gets... The, I, for me, I feel like the longer it goes, the the better as a Rays fan that you have to feel. You're like, okay, we're getting through Britain. Okay, even with even with Cole going, I think what was it five innings? I think even with him going five innings, you're like, okay, they're putting good swings on. You're starting to feel a little a little bad about that first inning, and then just it's magic. You can't you can't predict this kind of stuff. Wait, well, Jared, Jared, as you pointed out just before we started recording, somebody did predict this result. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Ian. Someone who doesn't know that it. he predicted it yet. Ian Mellon, you listen to this, watching this game yeah. on delay. He does not know the result of the game yet. God bless you, Ian. I love yes. you so much. You yes. predicted a 2-1 race victory. And Tomorrow, holy Ian, Moses, you were Jesus. right. <laughs> I, I, I've got to hear, Jamal, I want to hear your thoughts. You're rocking the 98ers hat. The, the performance from that pitching staff tonight, just initial instant reaction, gut reaction to, to what they did on the field. I mean, the pitching was incredible. I'm still thinking about Brasso, right? And, and <laughs> just, But it's it's the story of the Tampa Bay Rays and unlikely heroes. And whether it's Dan Johnson in the past, it's Mike Brasso stepping up to the plate and these folks that you would never think of to rely on in these moments, narrating the best story that any Hollywood script writer could create. And I mean, the pitching staff, they did their job. They held the Yankee bats down and, and we got, you know, Judge got got the one over and that's going to happen. But to, to pull it off for the whole game, it's it's everything that we thought the series would be. Spot on. Yeah. I mean, I, I said it on last night's instant reaction. I thought the Rays might have an edge with the pitching because there was a very good chance that none of their pitchers would face the same Yankee batter more than once. And that was the case. They went with four pitchers. I was shocked they went with Castillo for the ninth a little bit. Thought they might go to Snell. But they let Glass now face nine. They bring in Nick Anderson in the third inning. He faces nine batters. Fairbanks faces eight batters. Castillo faces the, faces the rest. You can tell none of the Yankee batters were going to get a good look on any of those pitchers. And they only scored one run. The Bronx Bombers scored one run against the stable. And it was absolutely incredible. Jared? Thank you. And can we talk about Tyler Glasnow opening? Like, yeah, you know, I, I said mean, this. Er- I said this on earlier. Forty-ish was- hours rest. Right? Can we can we talk about? Can we say vintage Glasnow? Because I feel like it was vintage Glasnow. Beautiful curves, hundred miles an hour. He Ooh. was ready to go. It was one of his best performances of his career in a situation like this, and the redemption arc for him. Last year, Game yep. Five, struggling at Minute Maid Park against the Astros for whatever reason. And then coming Cut back, pitching tip. against the Yankees and, and, do, and put, doing that, knowing that, you know, he's a starting pitcher. His mentality is that he wants to go out there and go at least five innings. He knew that wasn't going to be the case today. As much as he might have been in denial about that, he knew he wasn't going to be out there going into the fifth or sixth. So to have to change his mentality like that, but still pitch so effectively was, uh, I mean, nothing short of, of incredible. He was the biggest question mark coming into the game, bar bar none, right? Because two days rest is insane. It's insane. 
that's, you know, pitching is such a strain on your body. It's such a toll that we even were talking very reasonably. And we saw it with Cole, you know, he's never pitched on short rest and Cole was not the normal Garrett Cole self. And then, you know, Glassnow is on even shorter rest, right? Like this is, this hasn't been done. There was, uh, Sarah Langs had the, the tweet yesterday. This has been done. This is only the second time in the last 40 years that somebody has come back, a starting pitcher has come back on two days rest. And the last time it was Derek Lowe of the 2004 Boston Red Sox. This is just not something you do. And it's also not something, like Jared said, this is not something you look like yourself in, right? This was, he's, he was the Tyler Glass now we saw that dominated the, the Yankees for a start again in for those two innings. That, that was incredible. This is a all-time, this is a career, like, put a star next to this one. Tyler Glass now, all-time amazing Career-defining moment, for sure. Absolutely. I, I do want to go back to that first inning before we're already pretty lost in the moment and rightly so, but <laughs> G-Man Short. We're all aware that Michael Brasso hit a home run against the Rollis Chapman, Not right? really. Like, I, we lived that experience? I, I do want to talk about the guy who started the game and Brasso replaced. That's G-Man Choi. Defensively, in the first mm. inning, Tyler Glass oh. has to make a play behind the pitcher's mound, which is an incre- incredibly difficult thing to do. G-Man Choi has to bail him out in the throw, which he does. The very next play, ground ball to Willie Adamas, who probably had some game five jitters, makes another eh, iffy throw. G-Man Choi stretches, almost goes into a full split to make the catch uh, at first base. And G-Man Choi, like we talked about him, like having him back in the lineup is great. Having him back at first base might be even better. And that was a huge part of the game. Like to keep them off the board in the first inning was incredible. One of the things we talk about on this podcast is tone setting. And G-Man Choi set the tone for the Rays by bailing the Rays out on defense. Defense first. That's what this team is. Mm -hmm. It's typically not built around offense. And we need to talk about that offense. But G-Man Choi, you are completely right to highlight that, Brett. What an incredible performance for him. Uh, Garrett Cole did get him out twice in this game, which is an accomplishment for Garrett Cole. (laughs) Uh, Hat tip to uh, uh, Bob Nightingale, who thought that was important to highlight on Twitter. Um, Garrett Cole has <laughs> typically struggled mightily against G-Man Choi. Uh, G-Man Choi ends up getting lifted for who? For who? For who? Mike Brasso. Mike Brasso. Yeah, Brasso. that guy. That guy who I'm buying a jersey of. Come on. Yeah, you've got the Rays have got to get the Brasso jersey up on, on the front page of the site like tomorrow. I, I think I think he's still one of the players that you have to like customize it or like call and ask for a Brasso jersey. You have to learn how JT, to spell JT, Brasso. tell me what. What was the the stats on the Brasso home run? Because you're the guy who always does the numbers. Uh, it was a hundred hundred point two mile per hour fastball, and it was the fastest uh, pitch hit for a homer this year. Wait, wait, in ever, in all this of baseball year. this year? Yes, this year. In 2020, a hundred and two mile per hour fastball. No one has hit a home run. Hundred point the... two. Correct. Wow. No one except That's for incredible. Mike Brasso. That's even better. So. Uh, from my guys that do the hit show and did the greatest race player bracket. Um, I mean, you got to redo the folk hero bracket and I know G man Troy made it out of that. <laughs> we have to do it again. <laughs> it's going to be super tough now though. Cause it, you, we were talking about G man Troy. He's still got a good chance of winning. Uh, Mike Brasso certainly now has a pretty nice postseason capper. What was that? Yeah, Jamal. No, Jamal. What's up? No, like James was saying, 
Randy Rosarina inches away from him being the person that's jersey that yeah. we're looking to get. Uh, well, I'm getting I'm getting a Randy jersey anyway. I'm getting like all the colors. He's Randy the best. Randy had the inches. Randy had the feet. Yeah. The numbers on that home run that should have been Randy Rosarena hit a fly ball to left field that was 363 feet. The wall is 357. That okay. that should have been a home run, but Brett Gardner was shaded far enough back that he was back up against the wall. He was able to leap up, put the glove up and rob the home run. I feel for a Rosarena and I love the balls on that boy to walk his way to first base with the bat in hand expecting a home run. <laughs> but you know he what? He wanted it, to flip that. He wanted to flip it and but uh, Rosarena he's these last two games yet, you know, grounded out. He hasn't looked so so great, but the ball is flying off his bat. It's like one you said, you know, 100 miles an hour, 99 miles an hour, 101 like it's just well, he's hit- well Jared, you're completely right because when he faced Chapman, he grounded out on a 108 mile an hour hit. Right. The one home run that we haven't mentioned yet, Austin Meadows, and I and uh, I want to kind of set the stage here. The first inning, the, the the bottom of the first inning, Rays loaded the bases, didn't get a run. Now in that moment, very frustrating, but they sent six batters to the plate and they forced Garrett Cole to throw a large number of pitches. So Austin Meadows comes up in the fifth inning for his third plate appearances, third, third plate appearance against Cole. The Rays, by getting those runners on base, turn the lineup over multiple times by the fifth inning, gets yep. it to Austin Meadows for his third plate appearance, and he gets a home run. He gets the game going or ties up the game. Uh, Aaron Judge hitting his head face on the right field wall of Petco Park. Wait, wait, wait. We got to add as much character and detail to this moment as possible. Austin Meadows' fly ball is going back, 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 back. Aaron Judge backs up against the Petco fence, the weird fencing that's in front of the digital screens, and he leaps up in the air. And what smacks him in the face? An overhang. The wall in right field has an overhang, and poor Aaron Judge, who has a brim on his cap and doesn't see it, just face plants going straight up into this overhang on the wall and then falls face first onto the ground. I am. I'm sorry, Aaron Judge. You seem like a really nice person. Your friendship with uh, Blake Snell is to be admired. I love that you're uh, six foot seven, uh, 350 pounds of muscle, or whatever the heck you are. You are a cheat code. You are maxed out on the video game settings. Your jersey number is 99. Face plant. Guys, I mean, we we can break down like this game, like pitch by pitch, inning by inning, decision by decision. But the Rays are going back to the ALCS for the first time since 2008. For the first time in 12 years. And I want to ask some of you guys, where does this specific game, Game 5, rank in your all-time Rays games? Someone go first. I don't care. Number three. Number three. Number three. I don't think GT, GT would fire off of the number three just to bring us back down. <laughs> JT no, has already ranked it. I agree. I agree. I mean, no, no, JT, give it, give it, give it. Go yeah. on, go on. Go it on, seems sorry. incredibly obvious. Number one is game 162. Number two yeah. is 2008, game seven, ALCS yeah. versus Boston. Yeah. Now we have our moment against the Yankees <laughs> because the first one doesn't really count because it was really a moment against the, uh, Red Sox because the Yankees didn't give a damn. 
<laughs> that's true that i can't i can't refute that logic right there right this we're in the moment right now everything's still buzzing it's a it's an amazing amazing capper on this season for the yankee ray battle but yeah i think jt nailed it i think it's number three and it's it's so nice to have one of these right against the yankees because the red Sox were the team the rivalry team and the the rays have those moments that we have over them this is now one this whole season is a moment over the yankees this whole season yeah yeah and it's been building up for for multiple years and i know this is always going to be billed as the david versus goliath which i guess we can use that analogy because david wins um but the rays (laughs) like after this they have to be considered like on an even le- on a level playing field with the Yankees. They've proven time and time again this season that they are a better team. They won eight out of ten games in the regular season, three out of five in this series. They are moving on. They are definitively the better team this season. And I, I just I don't know. I, I just felt like I needed to say. So that. earlier today, uh, Brett and I had an opportunity to sit down with Dan Schulman, who's calling these games for ESPN Radio. Uh, I was able to tune into his broadcast some tonight, doing a killer job. Uh, I love his familiarity with the Rays roster. Um, He's really great to listen to. Uh, I asked him earlier today, who was the face of the Rays? And Brett, who did he answer? Kevin Kiermaier. No, Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash. Kevin Cash. Let's talk about Kevin Cash for a hot second. He killed it tonight. to this game with a game plan. And I don't think it's a game plan that anybody would have drawn up. He starts with Tyler Glass now. He says, what can you give me? And then he turns the ball over to who? Nick freaking (laughs) Anderson. The proverbial closer if the Rays believed in closers, right? Uh, What on earth are we doing calling it? How high leverage of a moment is it to call a Nick Anderson in the third inning. What are we I thinking mean, here? What is Kevin Cash up to? There, there's a we, list of one out of one managers that make that call. One. 100%. He's the absolutely. only human being. He's the only manager that would absolutely have the guts to make that call. You know what? We, we said it. We said it when we were watching it. We said, you know, zero. Because I think at that point it was a zero, zero. It was still tied at that point. And we go, this is as high leverage as, as any other moment in the game. Bring in your best reliever. Win or go home. You know, I, I, I in the even in the moment I was okay with it because you you have to trust the rest of your pen. You uh, Fairbanks Castillo, everybody, everybody showed up today. Everybody did, uh, you know, did a great job. Yeah, uh, and oh, Nick Anderson going to him in that moment. Darby said it. There's that Kevin Cash is the only man in baseball that would do that, and I'm really glad that we have him in the in our dugout because. That was the right move at that time. And he knew that he wanted to get multiple innings out of every single member of the stable tonight. That's what they got. And he managed it in a way in which no Yankees batter got a second look at any of those guys. Um, and Nick Anderson, I mean, tournament. Wait, did I black out game. or something? Or did he really get eight outs in this game? Who, Nick Eight Anderson? outs. Yeah, was it eight? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah. I mean, turn him into a headliner. Let's let's turn him into the Josh Hader style, multiple inning, high leverage reliever, or like a '70s closer. Let's give which him which he last was not before innings. the playoffs, right? And he's done it twice now. 
and he did it last year. He got seven outs in what game four against Houston. That's right. Like this isn't the first rodeo for him of going more than two innings. <laughs> and as much as cash pushed all the right buttons, call it what you want. He used the pitchers they wanted to for the exact amount of time they wanted to. The mm. pitchers allowed him to today. Mm. They were absolutely incredible. Shut down. 100%. A very good offense, and they deserve as much credit as Cash will get. Hundred uh, percent, Darby. You've got a the Tommy Fam tweet. You got to read out the Tommy Fam tweet. Yeah, so Tommy Fam just tweeted out, or about thirty minutes ago. So just at the end of the game, success is revenge. Revenge gotta, all in Cash. Gotta love that from Tommy's Tommy. watching. Who's not even on love the team? Tommy, love you, Tommy. No. Love you, Tommy. <laughs> sorry, sorry, your pitchers all got injured. That was just bad luck, but you'll be back next year. Padres are oh, awesome. Sure. The Padres are great. So, Rays and Astros starting on Sunday, seven game series, seven days in a row. If we're on the redemption storyline, I think this is the next man up uh, after and, last year's ALDS. So, uh, and you, and you know what you say, like. We, with the redemption arc and, and things like that, like with, with last year. But if you want to beat the best, if you want to be the best, you have to beat the best. So beating the Yankees, I think JT said this, has said this before, is like to get to the World Series, you bring me the Yankees and bring me the Astros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then bring me the Dodgers. Put them in the ground, to be honest. <laughs> you know which pitcher we haven't talked about enough? Well, so we should talk about Castillo closing out the game because – he had everything working tonight. He was cutting right and he was cutting left with all of his pitches. But I need to take a hot second and talk about Pete Fairbanks. I mean, mm. last night pleased Pete Fairbanks or two <laughs> nights ago, right? Uh, two nights ago was a Pete Fairbanks show. Mm-hmm. Uh, tonight, that first inning that he, he that he pitched uh, in the sixth took him 28 pitches to get through. It was a little bit of a labor. And when Ian Malinowski wrote up the way he thought this game might go. Uh, it was like two innings from glass. Now one from Morton was his expectation. Right. Uh, so it wasn't three innings from Anderson. Holy Moses. But then uh, it was two from Fairbanks, two from Anderson and two from Castillo in some order. Fairbanks comes out and it takes him 28 pitches to get through the sixth inning. And then he returns for the seventh and he returns for the seventh, a different person. He was, I love Pete Fairbanks and (laughs) going into this season, he was the one guy that I was like, all right, I, it's going to be Pete Fairbanks season all year long. Wanted to see him succeed because again, another guy last year, going back to that trade with Nick Sola, there were a lot of people that are even on this zoom call that were very unsure about the deal. (laughs) <laughs> maybe danny russell um and, and i and i think that's a, that was a fair evaluation of that trade and it still might be um but pete fairbanks establishing himself i know the injuries kind of forced him into this role into one of these high leverage pitchers that the rays can can throw out in moments like this in situations like this and rely on um was an awesome thing to see develop throughout the season because before this year like he was very up and down, very wishy-washy in the big leagues. So he's established some consistency, a lot of consistency, and he's been dominant. He, I mean, he's, he's a guy who I sort of actually almost compare as a right-handed Jose Alvarado. It's, it's an absolute lightning bolt attached to their arm. 
the stuff is, I mean, it's, it's the next level elite. He maxes out all the sliders on the stat cast uh, page. Like the, the fastball, that weird 12, six slider. It's unbelievable. These are truly elite level pitches. However, much like Alvarado, sometimes they just don't know where the zone is and that'll happen. But you know what? You ride it because when they're on, like he was tonight, when he can command the lightning bolt that is attached to his arm, suddenly, I mean, just, you know, we said like we use the best, our best pitcher in the third. You then just had Pete Fairbanks, who would be most teams in baseball's top closer mm-hmm. to go after that. And then Diego Castillo would be mo- more teams' best closer after that. That's three in a row. That's, that's, that's three top potentially 15 level closers for teams. And that's back to back to back. The other, the last managerial thing I want to, I kind of want to talk about the defensive moves made late in the game. The Rays mm. finished this game with three above average and elite center fielders in the outfield. Manuel Margot in left, Kevin Kiermeyer in center, Brett Phillips in right. I know that it didn't end up like they didn't have to make a, a huge play there, but in that situation that you can turn to those guys, we all kind of were wondering like why the Brett Phillips trade was made when it was earlier this season. He comes in in a big moment there and I mean, doesn't have to do anything, but if he did, he was there. Yeah. Kevin Cash made a couple decisions here where it almost made you question what was going on because first, uh, and it was all about keeping your defense first, being a defense forward approach. He did not pinch hit for KK in the seventh inning to start the seventh inning, a very obvious place where Britain is in the game. It's lefty versus lefty. You could have brought in Manuel Margot, who's very comfortable with center field in Petco park because he came from this park. Uh, you would have been thinking, Oh yeah, just swapping Margot. No problem at all. It's the right-handed version of a center fielder. He kept Kevin Kiermaier in the game. And then uh, Zunino hits uh, Zunino gets eventually pinch run for with Brett Phillips. And then the right fielder comes up next when the lineup turns over. Meadows is not pinch hit for with uh, Hunter Renfro. And instead, that ends up being the slot where the catcher comes in. And that's what gives you that spray because later in the game, Margo is available to slot into left field. And the last out of the game was caught <laughs> by Wendell. So it doesn't really come into play. But it's very, very clear all five games of this series – the Kevin Cash approach to this was I'm putting my best defense on the field at all times the whole way through. Yeah. And, and tonight, I feel it, like it I have epic. to do a, a personal, I feel like I have to do a personal mea culpa to Kevin Cash. Cause I came on here after, after game two and, and, and kind of lit him up a little bit. And, and honestly, he, he, he perfected it tonight. He was so good. Every, every move he made, I, I was hundred percent in line with and, he had the he had the big picture figured out from the beginning, and I, I think I probably saw a little too in the moment at times. And if we didn't have one of those big three tonight, the game looks a lot different. So I I have to go full Kevin Cash. You are a leader for a reason. I see we've got Brett Phillips, uh, Ray's outfielder Brett Phillips. I'm just kidding. It's again, it's the other Brett Phillips. I've made that joke already this series, but Brett. It's a good joke. It's a really really funny joke. I see that your microphone's still in the mail. <laughs> that's also true <laughs> oh, dude i don't get paid enough to buy a microphone so i gotta get it shipped through snail mail my man it's coming uh, brett it's got, coming. got reaction to that to that win since you're just hopping on the zoom call now yeah yeah so i'm just hopping on the zoom call i don't know how uh uh 
It's gone I'm, exactly I'm how you'd expect it. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm I'm a I'm pretty drunk right now. Oh I'm having a good time. <laughs> Is that can we keep this PG rated? Is that okay if I say that? I yeah, honestly I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm having a great time. I was just I I mean maybe you've talked about this already, but I was kind of trying to talk with people who were other race fans in my life, and I was trying to decide where this game ranks in the his, in the pantheon oh, yeah. of Braves wins. Okay, so so rank it, rank it. Where does it belong? This is a, a solid number three for me. Okay. Easy number boom. three. Boom. Boom. Yeah. Is that boom or boom? No, boom. No. Boom. M. M. We kind of oh, good, good, good. reached a consensus. JT was the first one that said it. And I think in the moment, like when Brasha, when that ball went out and I was already like, oh, God. Win, I was like, number one. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think number, number okay. three. But you could take any of those three games game seven, game 162, game five. You can do a real good three. Together. You can clump them yeah. all together. Game, game one, game one sixty two was one of the greatest games of baseball ever played in the history of the sport. I I will defend that until I die, but I mean this game was so so satisfying. Like as much as I want, as like a analytically minded sabermetric kind of person, I want to push against narratives in baseball. But my goodness, is it really really satisfying when narratives come full force, come back when like a guy like Mike Rossell can hit a home run against Harold Chapman who headhunted him earlier in the year and also is just generally a pretty disgusting human being. So I'm, I'm, I'm here for it, man. You might have to mute me before I start saying some other stuff. <laughs> I might have to mute myself, honestly, at this point. It, people that subscribe to like our podcast feed, they went like a, from a really nice professional interview with Dan Shulman, who's got like the smoothest <laughs> voice in baseball. And if they're subscribed, they're also going to get this downloaded. And like, it's just day and night. Um, but they're they're going to get my for sticking around. Yeah, they're gonna get my nasally ass voice being like, I think that Araldis Chapman is a piece of garbage. I can't believe I'm sending you a microphone. I have to hear that in high def. <laughs> I think Araldis Chapman is a piece of garbage. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we talk speaking of garbage. Speaking of garbage, again, all due respect to Aaron Judge. No business homering in this game. The only run that the yeah. Yankees got was an oopsie. He blatantly missed that hit. It was horrendous contact, and it's only because he could probably bench Tim Tebow that that sucker went out of this ballpark. Danny, I think every Mike Brasso home run, though, is an oopsie. So we'll take it. Well, Brasso is French for oopsie. I don't know if you knew this. Oh, man. Well, Blake Snell, Sunday game one, right? I mean, wait. Blake Snell, I'm excited for Blake Snell, and I'm excited that Blake Snell and Charlie Morton, I think now will be fully rested for games one and two. Charlie will be on maybe three days rest for game two. I don't know. Mm. Not as hard. So, I mean, we'll, we'll get there when we get there, but I also want to point yeah. out after the Brossel home run, you know, besides Diaz, who was on was in the on-deck circle, the first person to greet Mike Brossel in the, out of the dugout, any guesses? I mean, I assume it's Willie Adamas just yeah. storming. It's, Willie, it's, it's always it my is, guess. Yeah, it is Willie Adamas, G-Man Choi, Brett Phillips, Joey Wendell. You know, everybody's out of the dugout. I, 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 I'm on a high. And right I love now, that all year Adamas has had this thing where he steals people's helmets. Yeah, he started it kind of like in late 2019, but it's definitely continued all year. If you have a great moment, if you hit a home run, Adamas is here to steal your helmet. Yeah. So, so just to it. circle back to the the thing, uh, yes. Now will be full rest for game one. Morton for full rest for game two, and then Glass now, honestly, compared to today, <laughs> should be full rest for game three. 
Yeah. Yeah, I would love to. Oh, man, I hope Glasnow has enough rest. Today he was really rough. <laughs> it is. Well, oh, I'm I, being sarcastic. I'm sorry if that's not coming through. I'm really I, drunk and happy right now. <laughs> I'm really, really sorry to our, our listeners at this point. I think we should just go around the call and give, give your final thoughts uh, about this game, this series, in this season thus far, because it's not over yet. So uh, let's start with Darby. Man, I, I it's I'm still buzzing right now. Like this was an amazing series because okay, the the scores kind of were a little lopsided in some of those, but this was razor thin the entire way, except for one game where the Rays absolutely just took it to the Yankees. The only blowout, the only game where there really wasn't competitive was a game where the Rays absolutely dominate. Everything else that was to the late into the game, anybody could have won. That just shows that this is not a scrappy underdog story. This was the number one seed facing off against a really good Yankees team. Like, you know, all credit to them. They have a killer lineup, and I am so glad to not have to face that lineup and Giancarlo Stanton again for another year. But this was the best team in baseball in the American League asserting that they belong as the best team in the American League. Awesome. Jamal? Yeah. The more I think about it, the more this game starts becoming 2A in in the list of the greatest games for the Rays because we keep talking about the season and people say, is there going to be an asterisk on the end? And when you go through and you face the American League East as the only American League teams you play all year and you win the division, and then you go and take it to the Yankees after everything that's happened and you pull it off in this game where out of LeMahieu, Judge, Stanton, there's only one hit combined. And then to go forward to Houston, there's if the CIS team can pull this off, there's no asterisk to this. There's no harder path to a baseball season than what this team has done. So I think it's just phenomenal. Yeah, great, great stuff. JT? I don't know if I'll be able to sleep for the next week. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. If if we had lost, I'd be the same way, but I'll I'll be sleeping like a baby tonight. (laughs) This was incredible. You couldn't have dreamed of the game happening in any more perfect, you know, in perfect manner in a season where the playoffs have been nothing but, you know, high scoring shootouts, except if you're playing the Braves, apparently <laughs> like this is the game that everybody thought was going to happen. When you see the Yankees are going to throw Cole Britton Chapman, the Rays are going with glass. Now Anderson, Diego Fairbanks, like the, what was it? The stat, uh, Mike Petriello's had Mike Petriello tweeted that the average fastball velocity in this game was 97.2 miles per hour. <laughs> <That's so high. sighs> if you include cutters as fastballs, it's the highest average velocity for a game ever. Ever. Yes. Yeah. Petriello earlier tweeted about how like anytime somebody said like at questions, what, how somebody can't like make contact more, he's going to just put this tape on just like, here you go. Sit down, watch this. This is why there's, this is why contact doesn't happen more. Yeah. And this is why the, I have a whole damn stable of guys that throw 98 exists because yeah. everyone did. Yes. Ah, uh, yeah. That, that, that was amazing. Jared, final thoughts. You know, it, the like I said, the road to road to redemption, you know, and facing the Yankees at full health because we heard eight and two through the regular season. We 
And we heard from Yankees fans. We heard from a lot of people that the Yankees weren't fully healthy. We got the Yankees at full health. You, I just don't know how you cannot feel good about this team. I do, uh, you know, going into the to the ALCS against the Astros, very similar. A lot of power hitters, a lot of big names in that lineup. Um, but you know what? I don't think I would want it any other way. Bring me the Yankees. Bring me the Astros. Let's go. I love it. Brett? I mean, what else can I say that hasn't already been said at this point? <laughs> I am riding high on this win. One of the greatest wins in the history of Tampa Bay Rays baseball. I'm so, so happy. I'm going to drink myself to sleep tonight. And I am excitedly waiting for this Astros series because, man, oh, man, this has the potential to be one of the greatest series in, in, the, in franchise history. So I am here for it, y'all. Love it. Danny? Baseball is a game of what ifs. It honestly is you live your life thinking back to certain games, certain moments where you say, what if this had happened? What if this had not happened? The greatest game we can all think of is game 162. And there's plenty of what ifs. What if Dan Johnson does not? What if Evan Longoria does not? And in this game, it is chock full of what ifs. I, I say, what if Willie Adamas, when he hits a 108 mile an hour liner, doesn't fall to an Aaron Judge who just happens to be shaded far enough to the back right corner? What if Randy Rosarena's home run is not robbed by Brett Gardner, his sixth home run robbery in his career? What if Tyler Glass now doesn't have every freaking one of his pitches on? If one of those pitches isn't working on his bullpen session day, Tyler Glass now is not in a position to bridge the Rays to, oh my gosh, the Rays closer is pitching in the third freaking inning. If Nick Anderson doesn't accidentally allow a foul ball to Aaron Judge, who is able to muscle it out, it, this is a shutout. There's so many what ifs. But when I go through that list of what ifs in this moment, this at least top three baseball game and Tampa Bay Rays baseball history. None of those what ifs belong to the New York Yankees. <laughs> None of them. The Rays dismantled and destroyed the New York Yankees. And there is nothing sweeter in the game of baseball. <sighs> I love that, Danny. I love it. Um, guys, like there were many times this year that I was not sure we would even have baseball. And we went through the whole summer or almost of the summer doing this podcast, not even sure there was going to be a season. And we found out there was going to be a season. We knew there were going to be no fans. So I was completely skeptical of the idea that we could have moments like we did tonight, like we've had during this postseason. And the fact that with everything that's gone on in this country and in our world and in this major league baseball season, that we got to experience this as a fan base, tonight and we get to talk about it on this podcast jt that's why i'm not gonna uh, lose any sleep tonight that's why i'm gonna sleep like a baby because that was incredible and you know what it's not over we get to play game one on sunday so that's gonna wrap it up for us tonight um thank you to the whole cast of characters on the zoom call tonight i know that you probably might be hard to differentiate between everyone when you're listening back might have to do some serious editing on this one but it was a fun one. If you want each of these episodes downloaded directly to your device every morning after a Rays playoff game, make sure to subscribe to our podcast feed. 
and make sure to head on over to draysbay.com to check out all of the great coverage from this 2020 postseason run. Thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you on Sunday. Bring me the garbage can Astros.